everybody, it's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back to It Sure Is A Beautiful Day. It's Tuesday. It's your girl Kat. And you are stuck with another solo episode. (laughs) If you listened to last week's, I think a lot of you listened. I've gotten so much feedback from my facelift, neck lift, blepharoplasty, share. So many comments from you guys. Ugh. I gotta say I was I was a little surprised. I didn't I didn't I guess know what to think. I just really, really spoke from my authentic experience, but it seemed to resonate with so many of you. So I also heard from so many of you that you really, really like these solo episodes. So that works out perfectly because I want to be really honest. And to bring some of you up to date, if you can hear my speech, it's still not perfect. It's still annoying me. I still have tightness in my cheeks and jaws and not full range of my mouth, full mobility. So it's definitely improved. As I speak to you today, it's day 19 post-op. But I'm not myself and I'm not fully healed and I knew I wouldn't be. But What that has meant for me is this. I've been isolating, right? Like I knew to clear my calendar in, you know, May, June. I knew to expect to not want to like super be out in public. I knew that I was stacking my work obligations until at least like three weeks to a month after this surgery. But the truth is, if I'm being really honest, I just haven't been up to my job of interviewing people. You know, I I have a really great guest scheduled next week, but I think the best way to say it is that although I am like really looking in the mirror and loving my results, I mean, every single day it gets better and better. And I have zero regrets about this surgery. It's a pretty lonely experience. It's a time, I guess, for me that's turned into one of a lot of solitude. You know, I'm not being social. I'm not housing my friends. I'm not like going on vacation. You know, other than seeing my kids and seeing Greg on occasion, I'm just, my spirits are kind of low. Okay. And I think there are various reasons for that. Number one, I was told to expect that to a degree that this type of cosmetic surgery, you can kind of feel a little bummed after or a little depressed, or you can have some feelings of anxiety. And the truth is, I I think I do. And it's not that I look in the mirror and don't recognize myself. Again, I think it's a lot of things. I've kind of been 
removed from my normal life and I don't have the thrill of the the daily things kind of keeping me in motion or in the normal flow of my life. So I've been stagnant a lot. I haven't exercised for like a month, a month. I just started kind of trying to get my walks going again. And that's been helping a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, which actually gave me my idea for today's episode. And I am feeling really emotional. So I apologize in advance. (laughs) That's also for a couple of reasons, but I'm going to talk about my dad today a little bit because I was walking this morning and I felt better for the first time, like really feeling better because you guys know how much I love nature. And I'm always telling you like, get out and walk, go out your front door. You always feel better when you do that. And sure enough today, this morning I was feeling great because I mean, spring, summer is in full bloom. And even though in California it is gray and hazy as hell, like the foliage here is always so stunning. And so I was so comforted this morning by the trees and these beautiful plants. And I was getting really hung up on all these flower gardens. And it made me think of my dad. And it made me think of Father's Day, which is right around the corner. And so I thought, you know what? I really just want to speak from my heart today, and I didn't know what I was going to talk to you guys about in my pledge to have a weekly show. I was kind of like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about this week? And I I don't want to not show up for you guys. So I thought I'd, if it's okay with you, tell you a little bit about my dad, Stan Sadler. We are coming up on nine years since he passed away in July. And why I thought of him is because my dad, I think his first love, his his truest love, his biggest love was nature. And so I'm going to share three key things that my dad taught me or that really have stuck with me or that really resonate with me. And I think maybe they will help you. But to give it a little backstory, because I haven't obviously had the even gift or opportunity to introduce you to my dad since he is not here on this earth with us, but I've never really gotten the chance to talk about my relationship with my my biological father. And so I'm even getting like, woo, emotional thinking about it. But the other reason I think my dad's been top of mind other than Father's Day and other than nature, because I feel him when I'm in nature, is that this whole facelift thing, it's crossed my mind a couple times. I'm like, I wonder what my dad would have said about this. Like, I wonder what wonder what he would have thought about me you know, cutting up on my face. And the best way to describe it is that my dad was such a simple, simple, down-to-earth man who was not obsessed with earthly possessions. He was not materialistic. He really, really, I think, the beauty and the mundane 
drove him. And I definitely feel that connection with him in, in the way that I am able to look at the world and the lens in which I see the world and probably in many ways how I've stayed pretty normal, you know, even though I'm out here in Hollywood and even though, you know, I've I've lived in many corners of my professional career a pretty glamorous life. I think I owe a lot of that really centeredness and and gravity to my dad and his value system and belief system and and the way that he lived his life. So for a little background, my mom and dad met in high school, actually middle school. I think it was like eighth grade. And my mom would tell you the story that my dad was her first, first love, okay? This was in Martinsville, Indiana, very, very small rural town, central slash southern Indiana, where both of their families were from. And as she describes him, he was it. He was gorgeous and dashing and dark hair and dark eyes and tall and athletic and a bad boy. <laughs> My dad was 6'4", and although he was really athletic, he was also really into like racing Corvettes and a bit of a rebel as she describes him in high school. And my mom was this goody two-shoe and they were that classic coupling, I think, of, you know, he was the the bad boy and she was this like innocent, pure little small town girl and their chemistry was through the roof and they fell in love and they had a romance off and on through high school and eventually would get married and Fortunately, not so fortunately, actually. Unfortunately, as fate would have it, they had my sister, but then after they had me, they divorced when I was only two years old. So there was a lot of drama surrounding that divorce, and there were some, I believe, indiscretions that took place. And it took my mom a lot of years to come to terms with that relationship ending or maybe how it ended. And it's not really my place to tell that story. But what it meant for me as a little girl was that my relationship with my dad was always one at a distance, right? Because I don't have any memory of my dad in my home and so my memory of my childhood growing up with my dad was, you know, every other weekend kind of vibes, right? And by this time, we lived about an hour apart. So there was a little cruise to go see him on the weekends or whenever that was. Eventually, we would live in the same town and then we saw each other a lot more. I think that was a lot harder on my on my older sister because... She was, what, six, about six, seven when they divorced. So she has a lot of memories of dad living there. She has memories of the day he left. And, 
you know, daughters and their fathers and these relationships in many ways can define who we are as women as we grow and our relationships with other men and the way we see ourselves in our romantic partnerships. And, you know, there's the psychology of all of that. But what I remember most about my dad as a young girl was, and people would tell you this who know him, he is that guy who when you are in his light, there is nothing that feels better. Being in his presence, he is one of those people, was one of those people where you stopped in your tracks because he had this aura about him that you gravitated to, that you wanted him to see you. You wanted his eyes on you. You wanted his attention and that wasn't just for me as his daughter. That was for everybody in town. You know, my dad went on to do real estate. He had Sadler Real Estate Company. He was great at that because everybody loved to talk to Stan the man. He just, everybody had time for him. Everybody wanted to hear him tell a story. Everybody was drawn to his energy because he had this ability to be really, really present. And so again, when I was like taking shape as a, a young girl and I was a young woman, I mean, that's what really stands out to me was just like, like I can hear him compliment me. <laughs> you sure do look pretty and yellow, sweet pea, <laughs> you know? He called me Sweet Pea. And those things stick with you. You know, when you hear those things from your dad, he thought yellow was my color. And my memories of my time with him and those weekends and, and that quality time to bring it back to nature was that my dad craved the outdoors. Like his dream was give me a cabin in the wilderness you know, no electronics, and I'll live happily forever after. He loved animals. He loved his dogs. He loved hunting. He loved fishing. He had a turkey collar. He was out picking mushrooms, mushroom hunting, you guys. Like, he would bring home deer when I was a young girl. We'd have venison and all kinds of birds in our freezer. I mean, this was full-on country he was playing the banjo. I mean, these like weekend parties were like full on bluegrass, which I bet a lot of you might be shocked to hear about my upbringing because that was very much the essence of it. And it was pretty freaking cool. You know, I just, I don't know that I really, really understood the value of the great outdoors and nature and how healing it is and how fulfilling it is and how, what a cure the simplicity of nature is. I really think I got that from my dad. And I don't think I really grasped that, can't even say my peas, grasped that until I grew older and grew wiser. But I want to thank my dad for that because in this fast 
fast-paced world in which we all live and in this constant scrolling and all the TikTok of it all and all of the polarization of the politics and all that's going on, when I think about my dad, I think about stripping all that away and just the the simplicity of the, the good natural things that life has to offer was so my dad. And I think this morning's walk kind of reminded me of that. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, even Greg and I tease all the time. I'm like, are we, should we just move away to an island? Should we just move to the mountains? Should we just, you know, sell everything and just go and not go to run, but go almost back, almost like a return to what is pure and easy. You know what I mean? Do you ever crave that? So that gives you a little idea of of my dad. He stayed in Indiana his whole life. I think my mom and he moved to Denver for a hot second when I was two before the divorce. And I think had my dad lived longer, he would have liked to end up in Napa, California in his later years. He loved coming out here to see me, loved coming out here to see my brother Joe, and my sister Amanda, and he loved the wine country. And he had such an appreciation for the the, the terrain and the, again, just the ease and beauty of the foliage here and just the the candy that is a glass of wine and maybe a cigar, okay? That was my dad. So nature, for sure, it's available to all of us. It's so simple. And if, if you find yourself needing to breathe, I highly encourage you to take full advantage of walking out your front door and filling up with what Mother Nature has to offer. So thank you, Dad, for that. Another thing I would say my dad taught me, and those close to him will get this, but he he used to always say, eat your dessert first, okay? (laughs) That was on the fridge for a while. Just eat your dessert first. Again, that kind of speaks to he wasn't uptight. He wasn't tightly wound. He he didn't hustle to the point that he was ever stressed. He was never riddled with anxiety. He just believed in eating up life and what was in front of you and not apologizing for that. You know, he wasn't overly sophisticated with with food and like having the best of everything or or even having nice things and saving them till later that just wasn't dad's style he's like go ahead and give me that apple pie from mcdonald's let's go you know he loved biscuits with jam and butter he had a sweet tooth for sure and i think that's a good reminder for all of us and just especially today, how easy it is for all of us to be future tripping all of the time and planning for what's next or living down the line in the future. And 
obsessing about some kind of imaginary finish line. Like, my dad was really good at not getting caught up in any of that and seeing what was sweet and leaning into that now. You know, I ask you, how how many sweet things are you missing that are really staring at you, staring you down, and you're missing it because you're so in your head or you're living so much for what is next or you're you're too busy planning to just see that sweet, delicious offering that's probably right in front of you all the time. I mean, eat the damn ice cream in your freezer, you know? Light that beautiful candle. Don't save it for later. Get out the good china. I mean, whatever it is, it's okay. Like, I don't think that makes you gluttonous. I don't think that makes you any kind of way other than appreciating what you have. And I think that's pretty cool. And I guess... The third thing is not so much what my dad taught me in in terms of like a lesson or a belief system or a virtue that he lived by, but I will say this. I was in Kenya with my mom on a, a charity trip for her foundation, and I'll never forget so beautiful and we were in this gorgeous tented retreat and you know we'd spent the day seeing elephants and I was in this vast wide open land and I remember calling him from there a couple times and at this time he had already been diagnosed with lung cancer and he had stage four lung cancer and we all had spent the better part of a year or more coming to terms with his sickness. And I remember calling him, knowing he'd never made it to Africa, but that had been a dream of his. Again, could you imagine someone who loves nature and animals going to see that land and experiencing that? Wow. So I was just trying to share a piece of that with him from there, but on the one particular night, it was so golden there. The sunsets are so golden. If you've never been and you can go, go. But it was the early evening and I had a FaceTime with my brother Joe who had been back in Indiana. And he said, I could tell the minute I took the FaceTime. This was in 2014, July of 2014. And Joe had kind of panned over to dad and dad was sleeping and he'd lost all kind of weight and as much as he tried to fight this lung cancer through chemo and all the things the writing was kind of on the wall and Joe said if I could he thought I needed to get back like now like now now (laughs) it was one of those calls that you don't ever really want to get. And here I was halfway around the world. I can remember that like it was yesterday. And 
we had to get out of there. I had to hightail it back to Indiana because I wanted to, of course, be by his side. And I'm sorry this is turning into a downer, but it was on my heart today. So thank you for just listening. But my mom was great. She helped me hightail it out of there. We actually rented a puddle jumper plane because we were way far from Nairobi and we couldn't get to Nairobi quick enough to fly back to America quick enough. So we spent money we didn't have on a plane to get to a plane, to get on another plane, to get back to Indiana. And I thankfully was able to join my brothers and sisters by his side. And my dad was coherent and he he was so happy to see me. And we had about another week with him. That week was, mm, that week was everything. It was really hard, but it was a gift nonetheless. Really, really a beautiful gift. And I don't know where I'm going with this other than to say that I suppose with a losing people you love and i suppose with death and we you know sometimes the people we love the very most are taken from us you know there's no manual there's no right way there's no wrong way there just is what is and for us the story was that we did have that time with him for a year and i did even have that last week with him and <laughs> And the time with my siblings and how close we all were and how connected we all were through him who gave life to each of us. It was really, really beautiful. And the other thing is when you lose people, I don't know about you guys, because I know it's part of life. We've all lost people that we love dearly. And I don't know that there's any right way, you know, when you're losing someone, do you, do you bring up decades of life and make peace with it all? Do you, you know, vomit all over the place? Any, you know, criticisms you had or regrets you had or ways you wish it would have been or things you wish they would have done or what you could have done differently. I don't know. But I will say there was this beautiful healing that came through his departure. You know, my mom and he finally, after years and years and years, were able to hug it out, you know? And you think of like the pain people carry around or the lack of forgiveness that people carry around that actually is poison, that probably is cancer causing, that, you know, too much pride to like sort through that shit. But when people are faced with death, all kinds of things are possible. That was one of the most beautiful parts of that 
ending for me was seeing my mom and dad come to a place of peace. And my dad and I, through just circumstantial life, you know, we didn't have an everyday kind of relationship. And I didn't have an everyday kind of call to my dad when I didn't know what to do. Like that wasn't our relationship. But there was so much love there. So much. Like, I don't know how you could love anyone as much as your parents, but I loved my dad so much. And what's weird is now that he's gone, I feel him every day. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Every day. So as we move into this Father's Day, and you just got to hear a little bit about my dad, Stanley Eugene Sadler, otherwise known as Papa. My boys got to know him very well, luckily, in their younger years. The day doesn't go by that I don't miss him, but I very, very much feel him move through me every day. And any of the harder parts of our family dynamic kind of melted away. And I think there's a real beauty in that. And I guess my hope is that maybe if you're listening, that you can dig deep and open your heart and maybe find room to make space for the people you love we're all flawed. We all fuck up. We've all made mistakes. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. But don't wait until they're gone to figure it out. Don't wait till a cancer diagnosis to do some of that work. Call the people you love today. Don't delay and let them know. And on this almost Father's Day, I just really, really, really am so grateful. You know, I feel my dad and I see my dad coming to me like when I'm on the mat in hot yoga, like he's always talking to me. When I worry about my boys, he's really talking to me. He always is like, it's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And he's, and they know what? He's kind of always been right. So I feel really lucky to, to have him looking over me like he is. I, I know it. I know it. I feel it. And and honestly, <laughs> I always say it's harder on us losing the ones we love, but I I have to believe he's in a he's up there, you know, kicking it with Grams and grandpa and me mom and papa and they're having a good old party and they're out of the fray. We're the ones that are in the fray down here trying to fucking figure out this world in which we live that gets more confusing and stressful every day, right? I think he's he got he got off easy. He's he's the lucky one. He's up there in that cabin on the clouds. So I hope I didn't depress you guys. My goal wasn't to depress you guys, but I wanted to honor my dad a little today. <laughs> God, I'm emotional. I also didn't tell you that I started hormone replacement therapy. So there's that. I think I've got some woo roller coaster hormones. 
I can't move my jaw and I haven't seen anybody in three weeks. So thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And just before I go, happy Father's Day to all the papas out there. Not that I really have a very large male audience that listens to this show, but to also let you guys know that in regards to this journey I've been on, I think you've heard or I've told you, but I have been recording and documenting a lot of this in video form. And so that that video series I've been doing, I am launching a new version of that. It is no longer going to just be midlife and me. I slashed the price. It is a subscription video service. It's going to be $4.99. It's going to be available to you this week. So go to my social. I'll have all the links there for you. But not only am I going to share with you literally the very raw and sometimes disturbing captures from this very bloody, swollen, and bruised experience I've gone through. But I'm starting a little something new. So you don't have to be midlife. You don't have to be going through perimenopause or menopause to subscribe to this video series texted directly to your phone. I'm instead going to just be sharing what I've learned Okay, so I know that sounds very broad, but it's kind of meant to be. There are so many things that I do in my life that you guys ask me about. I mean everything from the shilajat and mushroom and sea moss I'm sticking on my coffee, what I've learned, taking you through that, showing you the benefits, how do I make it, what am I doing and why am I doing it. It could be everything from that. It could be beauty stuff. Why am I loving the Dyson Airwrap? How I use it? How I'm doing that for my hair and why I'm obsessed? It could be taking you on vacation with me and documenting different places where I'm traveling, why it's my favorite, what I love about it, what I've learned from it, and really just sharing a lot of these life experiences with you in this way. There's one designated place for it. It's only for you, subscribers, and it's only $4.99 a month, which I think is very, very manageable. But I'll be including links and I'll be including, you know, all the tags and all the appropriate ways to share more information with you guys and to continue sharing more of my life with you guys and not just doing it on Instagram because I feel like in stories and Instagram, it's kind of like everything's all over the place. This will be one streamlined way to share all my favorites with you. Oh my gosh, what jeans are the, I mean, you guys ask me about my denim all the time. You're asking me what sneakers I have all the time. You know, I've worn that necklace for five years. Where did I get it? It's just going to be Everything from fashion, beauty, health and wellness, travel, food, you name it. If I think it's worthy of sharing, then I'm going to put it there. Okay? So it'll be multiple videos a month because I just do think there's something really valuable about video as much as I love this podcast space, which has suddenly turned into therapy.com for video shares. You're going to want to go to my scriber subscription video series that's texted to your phone. So hopefully you understand all that. 
I'm going to just wrap it up. I mean, I feel like I need to say I'm sorry for being so emotional, but you guys always tell me that you really appreciate these kind of shares. So since I can't get around to writing my book, I'll just come and tell you stories here on occasion. So go get your nature on. Move for me because I can't. I miss my exercise. I got to get back to that, but I just know I'm not there yet. And then last but not least, I know so many of you are like, where's the reveal? Where's the face? Let's see it. Well, I have a kind of cool announcement and a pretty cool drop and a very sizable press offering this week where I'm going to finally give you the goods. So it's coming this week. You'll at least see a very powerful before and a three-week after. Mind you, with these surgeries, they say it takes months to actually see the full results and the benefits. So it's not even there yet, but wow, the difference three weeks can make. Looking a little younger, not going to lie. Kind of love it. (laughs) I love you guys. Oh my gosh. I hope I didn't bring you down. But this is me. This is your girl. This is Sweet Pea. It's what my dad used to call me. It's one of my tattoos. I have a feather on my rib cage. If you ever wondered what that is, it's a feather. It's a feather kind of a symbol to my dad's life. And then at the top of the feather in script, cursive script, it says Sweet Pea. And that was an homage to my dad. Love y'all. We'll do it all again next week, I promise. And I do have a guest. And it's a he, and he's pretty freaking cool. So don't miss it. Love you. Sure is a beautiful day. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.